Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, Neil Bannon is a well known retail property expert and the executive chairman at Bannon. He thinks that the death of retail property market has been overstated and that the media, including people like me, are over-egging it. And he joins me now in studio. Neil, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you, Bobby. Now, I know you've got, maybe just lay out your stall for us in terms of, you know, and, and, and let's let's debate your criticism about uh, the retail property market. So you're saying that the CSO stats, because of the way they're measured, and they include cars and bars and all sorts of things that they maybe give a, a misrepresentative figure uh, of the re- of what's really happening in retail. Is that is that a fair summary of some of your criticism? I, I, to an extent, I think there is a, an element of seeking to find the bad story in in all data that comes out these days. And if we look at the cold figures from the CSO in terms of retail sales in March, they were eleven percent higher in value terms than they were in February two thousand and twenty. Yeah. So pre-COVID, we haven't even heard of that at this point, and now people are spending eleven percent more than they did in retail in Ireland in March two thousand twenty-two. Your company Bannon also represents uh, what is it twenty-five percent of the stock of shopping centres in yeah. this country. So you're close to the marketplace in terms of raw data that you pick up yourself. Yeah, we, independently of the CSO figures. Yeah, we managed um, 50-odd shopping centres. That's about a quarter of Ireland's retail stock. So that, changed, that ranges from the Square in Tala to shopping centres in Dungarvan and Thurlis and there's a whole range around the country. So we have a very good, accurate sort of reflection of what's happening in, in different types of schemes across the country. And the data there, interestingly, vacancy rates are very low. Um, across the whole market, we've got 86% occupancy, but that includes a lot of Vacancy concentrated in high streets. If you go to the retail parks, 95, 96% occupancy. Shopping centres in the early 90s. Okay. I'm not going to split hairs with you on the figures. So, so we, okay. we, I accept the stats that you've put forward. But just talk to me, I suppose, you know, alongside the narrative. I walked over from Stephen's Green just now. I passed so many empty units on Grafton Street. I walked through the shopping centre there were 10 vacant units on the ground floor on the way across here. So I'm just saying, you know, even if you ask the layman, do you buy anything online now versus what you did two years ago, they'll tell you that they've increased their spending online. So so I'm not producing hard evidence, but I'm saying that there's anecdotal evidence, certainly, and there's visual ed- evidence that there are a lot of vacancies on our high streets. Yeah, and no, let's talk about that. Fundamentally, I... I follow the data. You know, the data, data, data is my obsession in this respect, but the market was turned upside down by COVID. So the best place in Ireland to retail before COVID was Grafton Street, and during COVID it was the worst place in Ireland to retail because all the shops were closed, all the workers were away, the students, the tourists, all of those components that drive Grafton Street's dynamism and animation were gone. So we'd suffered the worst, and we had, I think, 18 vacant stores on Grafton Street at one point. But what's actually seeing, where we were seeing on the ground, we're leasing most of those stores is a complete reset of the type of retailers going in there. So we've lost a lot of the UK generic high street brands, Top Shop, the Top Man, the Evans, uh, the ones that you would see in every UK high street. A lot of those have failed, and we're seeing some much more interesting brands come in. So I expect to see a good reset on Grafton Street. Lego's coming in, Russell and Bromley just been announced. We have three more in legals, I think, at the moment. So I expect you're going to see a, 
a much better Grafton Street in a year's time. But yes, it's been a tough time for the city Okay, centre. and again, I, I, I think I, I, I want to add something to your argument because I, I know that you know the city centre has been has been as you said and confirmed the biggest victim of COVID. You also have. Uh, you know, a, a tourist business that hasn't come back yet. We also have massive amount of people who would have ordinarily been in town now working from home. I can also tell you that in my hometown of Dunleary, uh, which I've studied acutely over the years, that the high street there, Georgia Street, is better than it's been for 20 years. So there's been a whole kind of new wave of small new starts. So... So there's been a reset, as you say. Yeah, uh, those people who aren't coming into town, the workers who weren't coming to town were staying at home, but they were going out to local shops and spending money where they weren't before. So there is definitely a, a transference. We've seen this happen across the suburban portfolio that we have, where people were staying local, and if they're living local, they're staying local. So one of the issues for Dublin city centre is not that many people live in the city centre. So, and reality to get people living in the city centre is going to require densities that are probably unpalatable from a planning point of view. So we do need to get workers back do need to get shoppers or tourists back, students back, and all of those components that drive the experience of a city centre. Can I ask you this, Neil? Do you, I, do you do you fear for the city centre for the for the big urban Cork, Dublin, Galway? Do you fear for them, given that what's happening? I, I'm I'm probably hardwired as an optimist, so I'll give you the glass half full version of that. I think there's a the city centres offer something that shopping centres can't, and I try and do it all the time in the shopping centres we look after. They offer organic real experiences you know yeah. there's a and the where the market is going you tend to find short term impacts like covid sometimes accelerate long term trends and the trend is towards experience rather than product so people want to go in and have an experience you come into St Stephen's Green and Grafton Street and you've got Trinity at the other end you've got architecture you've got culture you've got life and activity and buzz and we try and do that in shopping centers yeah. but it's hard to be honest yeah. with you because you can't or you know art, artificially create something that is so organically um, put together so I think, and also we're seeing a trend with retailers where they want to show experience. So they want stores where they can connect, and connect uh, the brand can connect with the customer. So they start creating this sort of cementing of a relationship, which then can be driven online, click and collect in store. It doesn't really matter to the brand as long as there's a connection between them. And even things like personal shopping now that I see some of the high-end uh, operators offering, that's a way of differentiating and it's a way of getting people who may have chosen to shop online to actually come in store, have the whole range laid out for them, give them an hour. Uh, and, you know, these people will spend. Yeah, and ultimately, as you will appreciate, retail is all about profit. You know, yeah. So retailers want to generate sales the most profitable way they can. A lot of time that's not online because it's expensive to deliver stuff to the person, get it back for them. You saw Zara have started to introduce uh, costs on returns now because of the level of returns they were getting and that's how expensive that is. So if you can actually get people into store and buy things from you there or create a relationship with them in store, it's a very cheap way of acquiring customers. And yeah. So I think we're going to see an awful lot more of that, the organic experience of you're creating a, a culture of dedication between the customer and the retailer. And what better to do that than get them into your own environment and allow you to do it. Going back to shopping centres, Neil, um, if we look at, I suppose, the, the historic, I suppose, life cycle of a tenant, uh, you go into the shopping centre, you open, you maybe are brought in on a on a on a sweetheart a sweetheart rent to get you in. You survive the first rent review after five years, the rent may double. After fifteen years, you look at it and say, I'm working for the landlord and 
you know, you move on. It is, and, I, and that may be a little bit harsh what I'm saying there, but that that was certainly my experience in in certain places. And I'm just wondering, is anything changing around the landlord-tenant relationship that would maybe make it uh, more harmonious, maybe maybe more equal that there might be more in it for both parties? I think it certainly changed dramatically in my career. When I started, which is back in the early 90s, there were 35-year leases and there were 25-year leases and 15-year leases. The average lease length now is about seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, so this concept of putting someone into a shopping centre for 25 years and expecting their business to be relevant to your customer over 25 years is, when you look back on it, it seems a bit naive, you know, yeah. because the customer's going to change and the, the market's going to change. And if, if you wanted to, a demonstration of the better sense of cooperation between landlord and tenant, have a look at how many, how few shops closed down over the pandemic. Because an awful lot of people couldn't trade, but they must have come to some accommodation with their landlord or some yeah. deal was done. Some, and a lot of, we did a lot of those deals during COVID. That's our back now. So, yeah, yeah, so and it was now there was a bit for in both parties. There might have been a change of a lease term or dropping a break or something yeah. for a concession. But people sat around a table and did deals. And I think we learned a lot of those skills during the, the 2008-2013 period, to be honest with you, where we sort of had to get real and make sure there was something in it for both parties. Otherwise, they weren't going yeah. to be there. As far as I'm concerned, you know, any deal, regardless of it, be it uh, property, be it uh, retail, there has to be something in it for everybody. And that's that's the way of the world. The word sustainable is thrown around a lot these days for many different ways. But sustainable, in my mind, is everyone makes a profit. So okay. as they make a profit, they'll stay trading and you'll have full shops. Well, look, I, I, I hope you feel that we've given you a balanced uh, debate here in relation to your views. I, 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 I absolutely uh, recognise your expertise and, and your the credibility of your figures. So uh, thanks for coming in to debate them with us. I appreciate the opportunity to be an optimist on, on air. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. Neil Bannon, Bannon Properties, thanks very much. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.